Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, in this episode of the GH Report, we're going to be talking news. Uh, we'll talk about the past two weeks of General Hospital. We're also going to be celebrating GH's 55th anniversary by ranting about 40 minutes about it. Let's do it. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Yes! The song! Carla, the song is back! I love it! That's me and Port back. Welcome everybody to the GH Report, breaking down all the latest happenings in Port Charles right here every Sunday, or pretty much almost every Sunday, right here on After Buzz. I'm one of your host, Frank Moran. And I'm Carla Renata. Holy that. And folks, you know what? You can like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and feel free to hop in the chat. We're going to pull it up and love to hear what you have to think about General Hospital in general, or these past couple weeks in particular. And uh, we'll have some news that we'll talk about a little bit later on in the episode. But, you know, right away, let's just jump into, I mean, it's been two weeks, Carla. It's been two weeks. And it has been a lot that's been going down. But uh, as I mentioned just before we started, none of it good. <laughs> I mean, it's a, I, an exaggeration. <laughs> but uh, we'll see. All right. Yeah. So what you want to start <clears throat> with? Well, I guess, you know, we've seen plenty and we've heard plenty of that dumb song that I hate so much <laughs> the past couple weeks. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, yeah, they they actually didn't play it as much. They actually introduced some other little song. And I was like, ooh, I bet Frank's real happy now that they're playing this other little no, song. No, nope. uh, Zero interest in any of those uh, <laughs> Jason, Sam songs. So it basically just comes to a boiling point. I mean, Sam has that moment where she's got to realize, you know what? My heart belongs to, or at least I'm still in love with Jason. I'm glad they finally let her have that moment because it was kind of dragging out. And I was really getting tired of every time Jason walked in a room, she would run or he would run. And Drew would be standing there with that egg on his face moment every time there was a scene that involved the three of them. So I was kind of happy to see her finally admit what went down. But I don't I don't know if I thought Drew, I thought Drew was going to take it better than he did. I don't know why I thought that. I don't. I didn't expect him to leave. I expected him to at least have a conversation with Sam about it. But when he didn't, and he just kind of like left his ring and bounced, I was like, "Oh wow, really, Drew? We gonna okay?" Well, you know, at that moment, what else? What else would you expect? I guess. I mean, I, I just. Oh right, we didn't adjust my bunny ears. My mommy made me wear them. And it's Easter. Where is Frank's? No. Yeah, Frank's not doing that. No, I, <laughs> if you don't know, I mean, you all know, I'm dead inside. I do not uh, show any sort of human emotion or empathy towards any sort of Frank is not a bunny fun. ear kind of dude. Nope. But um, uh, I don't know. I, I, I expected them to have more of a conversation. I expected... But I guess it was just, it would I, them having more of a conversation would have just prolonged the inevitable. And what I really didn't expect was for her to turn around and go, you know what? I need to go get my head straight. I'm out. So, you know. Yeah, well, for all this buildup, then to lead it to her going like, well, you know what? I might not be with either of these guys. Which 
I, you know, part of me is actually I'm fine with. That'd be great. I would love it if it just turned out that that was the case. I feel like we're just dragging our heels to get to the point where it's just going to be her and Jason again, which ugh, I'm so I'm good with her and Jason, as you know. But this is the thing. I, I really hated how the Samantha McCall that came on General Hospital is not the Samantha Kane that we see right now. Samantha Kane is this blubbering, emotional mess. And Samantha McCall was a little closer to what Jason is. And I don't know how I feel about Sam punking out. Remember how I always say when when, when General Hospital gets to a point where they don't know what trajectory they want to take a character in, they punk them out. And they have them be the completely opposite of what it is that made the, the audience and the fans like us like them in the first place. They have punked her out within an inch of her life, have her blubbering and crying. I know. I know when Kelly Monaco looked at them scripts, she was like, really? Is this what my day is going to be like today? I don't know how I felt about that. But what I did like was I love the fact that Drew and Jason finally... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline finally came to blows because that's been coming for a minute too do you agree with jason's point of view because he says that he drew is just like holding on to her like a possession yep i do agree with that you do i do because he he even when he said he kept saying you know i i agreed to always love you i'm not capable of loving anybody but you it's like you can love several people in your life you can love your mother your father your kids your friends you know Really, you can only love one person in your life ever? That's too many things. It, it is. It's like she's a possession. It's like she is some prize that he won that now he has to give back and he doesn't like it. It's like he won the award of Sam Kane and now he doesn't know how to be a gracious loser and give back the engraving. I don't know. It's just, I can't. Well, I mean, I could see from his point of view where, I mean, his the memories that he's had growing up have been erased and just been overwritten by Jason's. So... The only thing that he can really hold on to, at least, is Sam as somebody that, you know, hopefully is like some kind of foundation of a relationship that is helping him build some sort of life, given the fact that he's probably not going to be able to, as far as he knows, not be able to reclaim any of his old memories. You know, the person I feel the most sorry for in that whole equation is is a little girl that they have together, because she's the one that's going to suffer. So now we we have that storyline to look forward to, because you know how they age children on soap operas. One minute they're a baby, and then like six months later they're they're, they're in high school. Well, that's <laughs> I, I did see the recasting notice going for that. They're looking to cast somebody that's uh, twenty one mm-hmm. for uh, to play Scout now. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, starting see? next week. Yeah, yeah that's right. She's going to come down the stairs. So right, going to be a I was right on point with that one. See. I I know it. I know it. But (laughs) she went from from sucking on a a thimble to, hi, mom, can I get the keys to the car? Like, I can't. (laughs) Who does that? (laughs) But no no woman in any situation is a prize for a man to win and vice versa. We're human beings. So there's either relationship, there is either a relationship there or there isn't a relationship there. So, I mean... 
I, I feel for Sam because that's a really bad position to be in, to be in love with two people at the same time and then have to make that choice because no matter what choice you make, you're never going to feel like you've made the right one. Uh, and I, I can understand Drew's frustration because all his memories of everything that's kind of gone wrong between Jason and Sam are like his memories as well too. Yeah. Uh, so I he, feel bad for him. I do because he he'd been walking around for five years thinking he was Jason. Then he finds out that he's Drew. He was a naval seal and all that, and then he ends up getting the girl anyway. So he thinks, only to find out that the girl was still in love with the person that she thought he was for five years, which that was not a big revelation. Like, he knew that deep down inside. How can you not know that? Even he said that when on New Year's, when he kissed her, he could feel that something was different. He knew what time it was. Well, we see them have little fisticuffs, and we never actually get to see the fight. We see him just I know, like, we see them throw blows, and then the next thing, you know, you just see black eyes. I'm like, really? We don't get to see the actual fight? I Like, like I tweeted out <laughs> for last week, uh, that scene just drove me bonkers. So when Sam goes to meet them at the at the, at the the uh, Port, Port Charles Police Department, mm-hmm. Drew comes out, and Sam doesn't say a peep. She says she wants to stay around and talk to Drew. I know. Doesn't and say then, a peep. But she, but, she re- but she does reach for him. She reaches for him, and he, like, bounces past her like, nope, not going there. He, he went right past her like, yep, nope, I don't have anything else to say to you. I gave you the ring. Get out of my face. But, and he uh, left with, with yeah. Curtis. Uh, but I like those. Like, they're, they're, until he walks past her, then she starts crying, of course. Gives us the Sam Waterworks. But doesn't say anything <laughs> until he leaves. And then, of course, Jason gets brought out. And then it's all like, oh, my gosh, your face, even though they both got those shiners. But this is the thing. Don't you... With that scene in particular, don't you love the fact that the police officer, she asked who who the other person was, if the other person had been released, rather. And he said, no, he hasn't been released yet. And then she asked again once Drew was gone, and then it ends up being Jason. And then her and Jason have a conversation, but her and Drew can't have no conversation. That right there shows you what time it is. Uh, Well, that'll, like, say, I mean, ugh. It was frustrating because you have to have a reason for her to stick around to be able to see that. But like, that, that's what I'm saying. Kelly said that you should have at least said thank you for her posting his bail. I yeah. guess he feel like she owed him one though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I agree with you, Kelly, but maybe he felt like maybe he felt like you owe me one. So yeah. I wouldn't have had a fight if it wasn't for you. So yeah, thank you. And no, I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so. It ultimately leads to a nice little conversation there in the other uh, police department where they just uh, kind of share their thoughts. And Sam says, you know what, I need to take some time. I'm going to grab Scout. I'm going to grab Danny. I'm going to take off out of town for a while to kind of be by myself. And maybe I'm not going to uh, want to be with either one of you two. Which leads me to believe in the real life, in the real world, are they going to recast Sam? No. Is I... Kelly Monaco going to come back as Sam? Like, what's up? Oh, I she's going to come back. It's just like, one, it's convenient to kind of write into a little vacation for her if they want so that she can be off, you know, she can be off screen she for She needs a, a vacation because she's been on screen a lot the last couple of weeks. And it's, none of it's been. Great. You know what, Frank? Hi. <laughs> M- oh, MG, child, I can't say all your initials, but it ended with 18. Um, you said you love J. Sam. I love J. Sam too. And, um, he gets mad that Drew gets mad so quick. Drew does get mad. Drew Drew has no tolerance at all for anything, really. Well, no. Well, I think he's got something that I mean, kind of except for his kid, Oscar. Yeah, I mean that that kind of chips away whatever kind of core thing that he's able to hold on to that he started to build any kind of re- new life around. I feel like if you attack that, then he's like quick to anger. 
Oh, and you know what my other favorite moment with Sam and, and Drew was? When she was like, don't leave, talk to me. And she went to reach for his face and he flinched. I was like, ooh, yes. Act. Act. <laughs> it was great. I said, ooh. Because I was like... From a character perspective and an acting perspective, I'm like, how is he going to handle this? Because they've been in that situation and had that conversation numerous times, but not to that extent where she actually admitted that, yes, she is in love with Jason. So I'm like, is he going to hit her? Is he just going to leave? Is he going to start throwing stuff? Like, how is he going to react to that? And he was just numb. Like, he played it like, I'm numb. I can't feel anything about this anymore, which I love that acting choice. It was great. It, I mean, the longer that you both have uh, Billy Miller and Steve Burton on there, both playing uh, versions of Jason, at least for an extent, <laughs> uh, boy, just very different people. Even though they are twins, it can definitely show you that. Yep, uh, different how they were raised. They're fraternal twins, though, because yeah. they don't look exactly alike. Well, they did, but then... Uh, oh, Drew... right, in the facial surgery. Yes. You're right, absolutely right. I forgot about that. They they were identical, yeah. Which then makes me think, like, if if uh, you know, in a world where our Drew Kane had never lost his face and still had the looks of Steve Burton, I wonder that would have been Sam, tricky. Wonder if Sam would have still felt the same way. You know what? That's a good point. I wonder if she would. I wonder if she'd be so oh, oh so conflicted. Hmm, that's like, interesting. Uh, so. Uh, of course, we've got, uh, you know, Drew is going to start. He has Oscar, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is also Oscar's mom, Kim. Mm. who uh, She's been getting some nice screen time. Yay. So we get a little hookup between her and Julian. I kind of like them together. <laughs> Where it's basically just kind of no strings. It's just two people who are kind of interested in others. But we're just going to kind of, you know. They're taking solace and comfort in each other. I kind of like them together, though. Because they kind of... They they bring I think they bring out the softer side of each other. Like she kind of like he makes a joke at her and she's like yeah ha 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 ha. Like she the, the scene where she tripped. They were going up the steps and she tripped and he said oh were you a dancer? She's like yeah I was a dancer. No I wasn't. And then they kiss right. Yeah. And they had that little that little jockey playful moment of him teasing her about being a dancer and stuff. He couldn't do that with Alexis. Alexis would have been like. Panties all twisted in a wad, you know, it would have been a whole thing. And now Alexis is kind of like, I think Alexis is still hung up on Julian too. Well, of course she she right? is. I mean, that's her addiction. And she doesn't want to admit it. And then she told that big old lie. Well, no, I mean, Alexis will admit in in her uh, support groups that, yeah, that Julian is her addiction. But she knows that she can't be with him. Right, but then remember she told that big old lie because Julian finally admitted that he was jealous. That's why he, he every time she came in to Charlie, she would act out. She would just act out and do weird stuff. Or weird stuff would happen with him or he would act out. Like it would, one of them or the other or both would act out and something weird would happen, right? Yeah. And so finally he admitted that he was that he still cared for her. And she's like, well, you know, that's just too bad because, you know, I'm I'm very serious about Finn. And then she runs to tell Finn that she lied about being in a serious relationship with him as he's trying to get, as he's in a conversation with Anna, it, that was just way too much tangling and drama for me. I was, I was, it was like watching a tennis match. I was like, ooh, ooh, what's happening? What's happening? It was crazy. Well, I feel like Alexis can't tell Julian that she's addicted to him because Julian's not the type of guy that's going to uh, step back and give Alexis that distance to kind of deal no. with it. No, it's like, oh, that means that you're still into me? Well, then... I, I'm into you, so why aren't we together? And he's going to hardcore press that. But they're not good for each other. Oh, they no. Just, that's not, that's not going to be a good union. It'll just be drama all the time. I think Alexis realized that. I don't think Julian 
Julian feels like, oh no, we'd we'd be great together. I, I'm interested to see how this whole Julian, Finn, Anna, Alexis, Kim thing works out. Like, I'm really interested to see how all of that's going to play out because the possibilities of it are endless. It's fascinating. It's I'm a little irritated about <laughs> of course the Finn are. Anna thing because <laughs> you know I mean certainly it's always been kind of Anna and Duke and then of course Duke was, was well killed. he did yeah. so so yeah but uh, since then we never really seen Anna moved on I mean I know Duke is a great love of her life but mm. we've teased a little bit with Andre and then that kind of got pushed aside and now we have something with Finn that's kind of bubbled up and now we're kind of pushing that aside and I feel like uh, you know but Andre's still kind of lurking in the shadows. Yeah, like, Andre's playing that role of let me be your best friend. And you know how that works. Whenever a guy or a girl is like, let me be your best friend, they, they're using that to kind of, like, move on in for the kill until they find that moment where they can just zoom right to the point. Yeah, it's just, I feel like it's just, a, uh, Anna has just been not in a relationship for so long that it's been kind of frustrating. I'd rather see her kind of exploring a new relationship, but GH just keeps, like, teasing, teasing, pulling back constantly. And it's like, I'd rather... I don't know. I uh... Yeah, I'm just saying, that's why I'm saying that whole situation with all of those those characters, the, the possibilities for all of them and who's going to hook up with who is endless. Because no matter who you hook up with who, it's going to be some drama. No matter what configuration of couples that they go with with that, whether it's Anna with Andre, whether it's Anna with Finn, whether it's Anna with whoever, it's just going to be interesting no matter who they pair her up with. What's really going to be interesting, though, is... Oh, let me just... Let me... Side note. So... I'm just, I'm just a little flabbergasted at the fact that they let Andre out of jail and said, "Oh yeah, we'll let you out of jail as long as you just work for the for the WSB." Yeah, really? There you go. I can't. Why well, can't? Oh, so you'd rather have him just uh, off screen and in jail somewhere like Sean? No, not off. <laughs> no, not off. Not off screen and in jail. But well, did you enjoy that great day where we got to see him in jail talking? No, because remember I said he looked yeah. like twelve years a slave. Exactly. I was like, no, I didn't like that. But this is the thing: he, I would love for him to be able to fully utilize his research because his stuff was lost on on the um, the USB drive that they lost during Christmas time in the the bulbs or whatever. So I would love to see him finally realize his research and bring that to fruition to see how it's actually going to work. The whole memory mapping thing. And th- and that, which brings me to, I was heartbroken when Sonny went to him and asked him if he could use his research to help his dad. And he was like, there's nothing that's going to help your dad at this point. And I was just like, Oh, I know wah, wah, wah. that was sad. We'll get to that uh, yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael Blade <laughs> hashtag. Where is Sean? <laughs> that's right. Uh, he's still he's still in the, serving that. Uh, for Why he didn't kill commit. nobody? That's right, <laughs> uh, folks. Do you want to have fun, uh, learn and grow in all areas of your life? You know, if you if you're like us, of course you do. The answer is a definitive yes. And so if you do, we've got a podcast just for you. Conversations with Marie Menounos podcast edition is uh, hosted by our AfterBuzz TV founder and drops every Friday on iTunes. Conversations with Maria Menounos features celebrity and influencer interviews, along with secrets and tips on how to be better in all aspects of your life, from health and wellness to career, relationships, finances, and more. Let our Maria be the big sister you never had. Just go to iTunes and subscribe to Conversations with Maria Menounos for free. Look at that. Why? Because we love you. And when you do, let her know that it was the GH Report that got you there. Conversations with Maria Menounos Podcast Edition. Check it out. Very well done, Frank. Not I love all. when you do that. It's no. so <laughs> suave bola. 
Oh, well. I know, right? Uh, let's talk about uh, a storyline that I thought was not Suave Bola, <laughs> and that is uh, <laughs> irritating, and it's strange, strange, so strange to me, is what they've done with Dr. Bench. Now, uh, I... But didn't I tell you that was coming? Didn't I, I saw yeah. that coming from a mile away. Didn't I tell you? It was just, his energy was just gross. It was just like, he's going to try something with that girl. I just knew it was coming. And then when he did it, I was like, see, I can't. It's, all right. So, I mean, I can understand it wanted to, yeah, it's a very, like the, the whole Me Too movement. Very much, I could see GH wanted to do a storyline that's kind of reflective of that. And Kiki, a great, uh, if you're looking around the canvas, probably one of the best characters that you could have for a situation like that. But then I also think like Dr. Bench. That character initially brought in just kind of, you know, you know James DePavia. We got him. Uh, he shows up on and off. He, he gets, he, he asks Jordan out once, doesn't really go anywhere. She says she kind of depletely declines. Nah, I didn't see then, that one coming. Uh, then, then gets involved with Alexis a little bit. Nah. And then. That wasn't going to happen. All of a sudden, here we get, and then all of a sudden, they start ramping up the creep factor with but you knew Kiki. It. I knew it's, when he gave her that Grey's Anatomy book, I'm like, here oh. we go. Here we go with the first edition of Grey's Anatomy. He's just trying to reel her in with the Grey's Anatomy book and the um, was it the follow internship? Is it the internship? A shadow apprenticeship thing? Yeah. or something? Yeah, the shadow thing. I was like, and then when he's turned around and said, "Well, I think I need a little bit more appreciation than that." Do you really? Thank you is sufficient. I think. Like really? Oh. And it seems, it's so And then he weird. kissed her, and it was just gross. It made my skin crawl. That was so gross. Yeah, yeah it just, it feels like this, I can't imagine, like, this was the original plan they had for Dr. Bench when they brought him yeah, on. Yeah, but remember weeks ago I said this. Weeks ago I said, I feel like something is about to go down, because I felt like he well, was no, always the... very creepy. It was always, especially when he was around her. He was a little too attentive to her. He was a little too, let me help you with your studies. Let me help you with your books. Let me recommend you for this. Let me recommend you for that. It was a little too much of that going on, and I'm like, oh, he's he's going to go in for the kill in two seconds. And then he did this week, and I'm just like, mm. no. I mean, certainly they've kind of ramped that up the past couple of weeks. But when he was initially brought in, other than being just the occasional kind of like mentor to Kiki, uh, I never had that creepiness. I at did. All. I all got from, it all the way from the beginning when he was first from brought on. From the minute he showed up, I'm like, something is not. I just, and I don't know. Maybe it's a woman's intuition thing. But I just from the minute he showed up, I was like. Something is unsavory about him. I don't know why he's there. I'm not having him there. And he's about to do something crazy with somebody. And one of the two of them is going to snap. It's either going to be her or it's going to be him. It would be more interesting if it was her because she's Ava's daughter. And so we would expect, well, we would expect that type of behavior from somebody that is related to Ava. Remember a couple weeks ago I said it would be really interesting to see you know, if they start to bring any of those Ava-isms out in Kiki, because after all, that is her daughter. And up until this point, we haven't really seen, you know, any fluidity in terms of Kiki being related to Ava in that cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs way. And then they, they're softening up Ava. They punking her out, making her all goody two-shoes. I'm like, I can't. But I want I want Kiki to snap. I want Kiki to snap. I want her to do something to Dr. Bench. I want something to happen to Dr. Bench that somebody has to help her cover it up. It will be so interesting. Uh, yeah, it'll, I'll be I mean, she doesn't have to kill him, but like do something to him where, you know, 
do something where she has to snap to do something to him, like lock him up like they did Betsy something. I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know if the point of this is for them to kind of show kind of a more uh, accurate kind of uh, portrayal of the Me Too movement. Or they're going to kind of soap it up and kind of go really bonkers and outside the box. It would depend. You know, it depends on which They could go either way at this point because they haven't leaned toward one or the other at this point. But it it would be really interesting to see which direction they they go in, whether they go the traditional soap route, like you said, or whether they go in a more realistic route. It would be interesting. Yeah, just, yeah, Dr. Bench. (laughs) But I knew it. I saw that coming. I was like, hmm. Yeah, it uh, you know as soon as that as you know, as soon as that happens, like it's just a countdown to goodbye for Doctor Bench. Yeah, Michael Blaze said so. Ava's going to find out and kill him. That would bring Ava back. That would bring her back from being you know sweet little angel Ava and take her back to being you know nasty Ava that we then know and you love. Don't, you don't mess with uh, you don't, Ava's. You don't mess with her cubs, honey. She comes both barrels blazing. But you know, I feel like that Ava. She's I guess what she said. She's trying to be better. Well, I mean, we've seen the way that she tried to kind of work it with Avery in terms of Sonny kind of having a little leverage on him to get yeah. that visit. Yeah, That, uh, you know, I mean, even Kiki called, Kiki called her out on that. So. Yeah, but then she had that angel moment with Griffin where Griffin got those results. And she talked him off. <laughs> she kind of talked him off the ledge with that because he was like, I don't know what to do. But then this is the thing that I didn't understand. And why did he leave the results with her? And she's holding on to him and clutching them. And then she hid them. Is she going to tell him where she hid them? Like, what the hell? Well, I'm sure she did because I think what Ava was doing is like out of sight, out of mind, hopefully. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not there in front of her face, it won't constantly tempt her. Yeah, she'll know where it is, though. She know how to oh, get yeah. to it. But, uh, yeah, I think it's it's much easier for somebody to be the angel when it's not something that's going to directly infect them in any way, mm-hmm. then it's all right. Yeah, I could be helpful, mm-hmm. but if it's something that you know in in any way is going to you know uh, impact me somehow, mm-hmm. I think then it's harder to be so like, oh no, no, I'm just going to do what's best in the situation. Okay. Yeah, I think that's going to be that old Ava. Like, how can I work this to help me out? In some I'm looking fashion? for. I need to. I need for her to be ramped up. I need. She's been nice, na- nice Ava for too long. I need for her to ramp it up a little bit. Uh, what do you think the odds are that uh, will it be Ava kind of bringing Griffin down or Griffin lifting Ava up? Hmm, good question. Good question. I don't know. Either one would be really interesting to watch, actually. But I don't know. Well, I mean, speaking of Griffin, he does find out what we've known for the longest time is that good old Peter August is none other than Heinrich Faison. Yeah, I love the fact that he said it out loud like he was also surprised. I'm like, dude, you knew it when you put the freaking patient A and patient <laughs> yeah, B like... tabs over the... I'm like, really? And then I love how he was pressuring the little lab dude <laughs> for the results. On, he's like, Brad. yeah. He's like, Brad, can't you get this for me? He's like, you know I can't do that. And he was, and Brad's looking at him crazy like, what's wrong with you? That was hilarious. I'm like, I can't. And I, I was waiting, and as, as always, you hear just enough of the the wrong conversation just to take the wrong part out of it mm-hmm. when he goes over to the Metro court, I, I think, to try to find Anna. Mm-hmm. And just over hers, overhears she and Jason talking. And she's like, oh, wait, Jason's already talking about, you know, possibly killing him? Oh, I can't say anything. <laughs> like, oh, man. All right. Yeah, I just, uh, speaking of Ava, so her assistant, Nell, has ramped up her plan a little bit. And she's kind of, sort of, a little bit succeeding in tipping Carly over the edge a little bit. This storyline is stupid. It, it, it is dumb as dirt. It is. But she's succeeding just a little bit. But I don't think she knows just yet that she's succeeding. So it's going to be really interesting to see how she reacts when she finds out that her little plan is actually working a little bit. 
But I don't know. Maybe Jason and her will find out what time it is before it gets to that point. What is she expecting that? That Carly is going to be so convinced that Morgan's alive that she's going to get committed? Is that? Yep. That's what her plan is. And this is the thing that, this is the other thing that kind of had me going, "Uh -uh." so when they, when Jason said to the security dude, let's pull up the security footage to see who comes, who's come in and out of the Metro court. I think it's really interesting that Diane told Carly not to have cameras in her, in or around her office for special reasons. It's like, really? So that's how we're going to explain that there's no cameras that caught Nell anywhere coming toward the office. She came through the front door. There's got to be some camera at the end of that corridor showing homegirl opening the door. Well, the other thing, too, is you'd think that, you know, if Carly was so uh, mad at Nell, <laughs> mm-hmm. you'd think that if you're going to let go of somebody that's the assistant, then you want to make sure you get the keys. But even if you get the keys, what well, do you think they can make duplicates? So if you're that dead set about making sure she doesn't have any access to your life, then you pay and you change the locks. Didn't she? Op- she didn't open it with a key though. Didn't she open it with a? Uh, no, she had, she had. Did she have a key? Yeah, from her time she... of working for Carly, I'm sure she. Uh, oh, I could have sworn she opened it with something else. Okay. So uh, yeah, so I'm thinking. All right, well, that, so that's the case. Then the other thing you should think about Carly, if you've not changed the locks, <laughs> think everybody that might possibly have a key to get you into that room. Everybody and Car and Nell would be one of those people. I just, I'm just, and and again, speaking of Nell, how cracked was her face when she saw Michael go out on that date? <laughs> her face was so cracked when she saw Michael go out on that date, and then put him on blast and was like, "Oh yeah, we're having a baby together." You didn't know? I'm like, "Ooh, that was shady. Oof. That was shady boots." I couldn't believe she did that. Just put him on blast with his little date and homegirl but and then and then she was like, "Yeah, I can't do this, but keep my number." Really? Well, as soon as she said that she's not <laughs> into uh, She said I'm not into it, but keep my number wink wink. Uh, I'm like, no. Well, as soon as that lady said like I'm not into like complications in relationships, then you knew like all right, this isn't going to go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh. That was hilarious. That made me laugh out loud. I'm like, "Oh, she's killing me. Killing me." I can't, I want somebody to push her down the stairs. Wow. Carla. I don't like that character, as we know. Uh, Just like how, the same way you feel about Jay Sam is how I feel about Nell. Uh, we see uh, Daisy and Flower Forty in the chat says Nina didn't change the locks. No, no, no. I, not saying that Daisy that uh, Nina changed the locks is that uh, Carly. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, Nina didn't change her. So I mean, that's what Nina sh- Carly should say. Hey, if you fire Nina and Nell from your life, then yes, make sure anybody. <laughs> Change everything around any access points to your life. Make sure that they are changed. And speaking of Nina, so Nina kind of has her antennas up with Peter August. She knows something is unsavory and not right, and she's lurking around. And I love <laughs> love how she approached his office while he was on the phone making that financial transaction. And she didn't quite hear all of it, but she heard enough of it for her to be like, hmm, I wonder what that was about. I'm like, okay, Nina, what you gonna do about this? Uh, but I also like that that she came back because I couldn't I couldn't quite tell from the scene that I mean Peter saw somebody there, but I don't know if he recognized that it was Nell. I think he no 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 I'm talking about or Nina. Nina. I mean I think, didn't recognize I think, it was Nina. I think he I don't think he saw her. I think he heard some yeah. scuffling in the hallway when she tried to run away, and then she was like, mm, I better go back because why why because if you know you didn't well maybe get they seen... had security cameras in the hallway. <laughs> Maybe he could have seen on the security cameras that she was lurking in the hallway. I don't know. Ugh, I'm just yeah. guessing. 
Uh, I'll be very curious to see how that all plays up because eventually when his identity is revealed, I mean, Valentine's known about it for the longest time, and that's not some, and that is, again, another secret that he has kept from Nina. Yeah, they'll be done. Valentine, Valentine and if, if, if Nina finds out, because Valentine is directly involved with how Nathan got killed and Nathan is Nina's brother, if Nina finds out that he knew about this all along and didn't tell her, it's a wrap for them. They're done. They uh, are done, done, done. She can she can forgive him for a lot of things, but I don't think she'll forgive him for that. I, I don't know why Valentine is not... Like, he should know the way Nina reacts when she finds out that Valentine has hid something from her, that he is not... I mean, he think he nickel slick. He think he nickel slick. He think he he thinks he's so slick. I've gotten away with this lie and this lie and this lie over here with this person, this person. I can get away. And I've lied to her several times and she's bought it. Why won't she buy this too? He think he's slick. He think this will be one more time that she's going to forgive him. And not only is she not going to forgive him, but she's going to use Charlotte in a pawn and all of it. And that's going to get ugly. It. I always thought it was going to be uh, the Claudette thing that would come up and rear its ugly head. I mean, it was teased. I remember you saying that a while ago, yeah. Yeah, it was teased a little bit when we had uh, Cassandra in or whatever. Mm-hmm. But since then, she got taken off the board that that kind of disappeared. Mm-hmm. But uh, now it seems like that Peter August thing is going to be the thing that could kind of really just blow up in his face. And I was looking at that dude that plays Peter August. He actually kind of looks like the, the actor that played Faison, just a little bit, like a little younger version of him. Just enough, but he he's he he looks like he looks he looks like he could be a combination of somebody that was um, related to Faison and Anna. Uh, would you like him just to start blowing out his hair all crazy? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so we... Daisy Flowers said yes, yes, Diva. She needs to fall down some stairs. I'm so over her. <laughs> so we have him spending a lot of time. Our good old pal Peter Rock is spending a lot of time with Maxie. That is annoying me within an inch of my life. It's getting on my nerves. So badly. Well, can you understand Maxie's point of view or no? I can understand Maxie's point of view, but at the same time, I'm like, he's your boss, so there's that. Second of all, he's your baby's uncle, which you don't know, so there's that. And what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen to Maxie when she finds out who he really is? Is she gonna snap like a twig? No, of course. I mean, you know, somebody's going to do something to him. I don't know if it's going to be Maxie or if it's going to be Nina or if it's going to be Valentine or Anna or who it's going to be. But he's he's on his way out. Somebody's going to do something. I am curious because we've got uh, Jason pursuing him. Uh, we've got, of course, Griffin. Spinelli. Knowing, uh, Spinelli. We've got uh, Griffin, Griffin kind of knowing it. I don't know enough about Peter yet. I mean, we know that he's hidden, that he held on to Jason for five years and doped him up in this Russian uh uh, hospital. But we know we, he's P.K. Sinclair. That's true. We know he's given clues in the manuscript that Jason gave to Anna about uh, Faison and yeah, who one, he is and all that. But I don't know if we know that he's just, he wanted to get rid of his father or is he also just truly malicious in and of that stuff? Like excluding Faison and wanting to get rid of him. Is he also just a malicious person with a lot of malicious intent? I think that he, I think that he there's no way he could not come away being unscathed with being malicious, being Faison's son. Like, there's no way. There's no way he's going to be Faison's son and not have some kind of, like, you know, devilish behavior lurking in the background. There's no way. Yeah, it's... Uh, and we got Rena Sheen in the chat saying Faison and Anna 2.0, like, in terms of Maxi <laughs> and him. I don't... Yeah, somebody said that. Somebody actually made that point. Who, uh, 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 who made that point? 
uh, Andre yeah. made that point when he was talking to to Anna. He was like, you know, Faison had a um, um, obsession with you. No, it was Nina. Was it Nina? Who was Jason. it? It was what, Jason. Jason. I can't remember who said it now, but somebody said. Yeah, Jason said that when they were having that little chat. About, okay, because I knew somebody said it. Somebody said that, you know, Faison had that obsession with you. Maybe this is going to be his obsession with, with her, with Maxie. And then they, you notice how they cut from them to Peter and Maxie. And I'm just like, mm. I, but and, I, and then there was that scene where, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Then there was that scene where they had Spinelli show up with Georgie and Peter was lurking in the background, which makes me think that that probably is what's about to go down. But the thing that makes me think that it's not necessarily the same is that I feel like he's hanging around with Maxie also because the guilt of having Nathan die. I agree with that. So, but I also think that now that Spinelli is back into the picture... I think I think Peter has has um, developed some top, some type of feeling toward Maxie in addition to the guilt that he feels about Nathan. I think that he genuinely cares for her, but so does Spinelli, and Spinelli will go in on him. So I'm feeling like something's about to go down with him and Spinelli because it looks like Spinelli's not going to be leaving town anytime soon. Well, I mean, uh, well, I mean, he will be leaving to try to go to Germany to try to get into that bank. He may not get there though. No, we'll see. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> uh, yeah that I'll be curious to see how that one fills out. Now we've also got what I liked. Uh, tell me about this. We thought of this is that, of course, Ned being the mayor wants to get all the important people in town, and I felt like this is sort of like a uh, kind of comparison to the nurses' ball, where you, if you look in the audience and there's only like 18 people there, and you're like that's it. I know, out of all the general hospital, there's only 18 people at the nurses' ball. That always is hilarious. You got a good point. But uh, he, he he brings in like the the movers and shakers of Port Charles to kind of talk. And it was him. like six people. That was I'm it. Like really? That was it. I'm like really? That's all we have? There's got to be more than we than we've never met. That the six actually... people that don't get along in Port Charles is supposed to be, be the movers and shakers. That was that was comical. Yeah. Was. Uh, so we're going to be working on rebranding Port Charles as a, as a place to be. Uh, and speaking of that, is that we get to uh, this Friday's episode, which was just a yes. an honoring GH's 55th anniversary. Uh, instead of doing, you know, they kind of come up with a hook for it. And this is a way to kind of do an immersive experience with Mike to make him think that he's back at Luke's to help jog uh, some of his memories. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was very tastefully done. I would have liked to have seen more, though. I feel like the frustration with that is because it's not Ron Hale uh, playing the right, role of Mike. The original one, yeah. That we that you lose a lot of the opportunities to play a lot of his right. scenes, his clips. Yeah, all yeah, that, all yeah. that gets kind of. But they taken did, out. but they did play the Quartermains. We got to see Lila and Edward Quartermain, but we didn't see the other Edward Quartermain. We just saw they just showed a clip of the one Edward Quartermain. Yeah, and I think he was the latter one. He wasn't the original one. Yeah, and, right. And, and it's tough when you've got you know, John Engel who played Edward Quartermain at for, the tail forever, end. right? Yeah, and then um, and then they showed one clip of Luke. I'm like, y'all gonna have a party? Not a party, but a a regathering of friends at, in Port Charles at a club that's supposed to be re envisioned at the Metro Court called Luke's. And you only gonna show one clip of Luke? Like, really? It would have been nice to at least show a <laughs> clip of the club back in its heyday. Exactly. They never showed that. They showed Steve Harvey clips. They showed Lee Baldwin clips. They showed um, uh, Mike remembering. Not, they didn't show a clip, but they there was that moment where Mike remembered Brenda when he was talking to Sonny, saying, oh, yes. you know, they showed um, Stone, the scenes with Stone and. Um, uh, Sonny and Robin when Stone had died. 
And I was like, you forget because we see Maurice Bernard every day now. You forget what he looked like when he was a younger Sonny with all that really thick, lush hair. Before he started combing it right back. (laughs) Right. And that little baby face. You forget. You forget. What I would like, though, is to not see. I'm going to put, I'd love to put like a five year, maybe even 10 year moratorium of seeing (laughs) the, the Robin and Anna slow motion reuniting. I am so tired. They do show that scene a lot. They do. Oh, come on. Every time there's some kind of like emotional scene where Anna has to remember Robin as a little girl, they always show that scene. They do. That is you. (laughs) I I agree with you on that one. Like, there's so many other scenes that they can show. Why do they always show that one? Yeah. Oh, I am. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that one. But what about there? There have been some lovely scenes this week with with Mike and Sonny and Dante and Michael. And um, Sonny just kind of sitting back in the cut, letting Mike have his memories and not interfering like he was in the beginning when he was being a little more resistant with Mike's condition. He seems like he's start his character is starting to settle in a little bit more and accept what's going down and just enjoy the little bit of time that he has. And he seems very gracious about letting um, Michael and Dante spend more time with him than yeah. hogging up all his time, which I think is really... That's really cool. The scene that seems so weird to me was Monica and Michael, where Monica throws Alan under the bus. Like, well, you didn't get that <laughs> right. from your, your right? grandfather. Like, she said, you seem shocked. I was like, oh, yeah, because it's the first time he's hearing it. <laughs> yeah. That was hilarious. It was. That was funny. <laughs> I, I, that just seems so weird to have that conversation in that moment. <laughs> it was. And then she threw her arms around Michael. Michael was like, oh. Uh, but uh, the other scene that was so weird is because uh, we see that Jason and Drew had a big fist fight, and they both got the nice big red shiners on their faces. Right. But on Friday's episode, Steve Burden doesn't Nothing. have it. But then we cut that. <laughs> we see the previews for the next day. Uh, what's going to happen on Monday? He's going to have that shiner again. back. I like that they <laughs> I took it away that for that too. episode. That was funny. That was funny. I did see that. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> And what I, what I also liked is that we have Eddie Main playing, but nobody called out the fact that, like, hey, we're going to have Eddie Main playing at Luke's. But why uh, Mike didn't say, well, you know, I mean, Luke's is a jazz club. You know, Eddie Main, he's not a jazz performer. No, he didn't. But, no, but we got, But I mean, it's always great to have But I like the perform. lyrics to the song that he sang. I was like, oh, about love and remembering. And it was very, it, lyric, lyrically, it was a very appropriate song. Yeah, uh, yeah well, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah, they didn't show no, cl- no clips of Duke. They didn't show any of Robert. No. I'm like, how's, this is the thing. If you're going to ramp up the publicity of General Hospital celebrating its 55th year. Now, we know 55th is not as big as 50, but if you're going to be like, it's the 55th year, ah, then at least show the people that were in the 55 years. They showed little snippets here and there. There's a whole bunch of characters that they didn't show. And I don't know if it's because there are different people playing those characters that had that interaction with them or what, but I was just like, this was kind of lame for a 50. It was a great episode for Mike, but it was kind of lame as a 55th anniversary episode, I thought. Agreed. Uh, one thing I want to mention before we hop into a quick little news thing mm-hmm. is that we also have the Franco storyline. And I think I'm also tired about is that dumb, dumb <laughs> Betsy Frank. <laughs> like, I cannot. I, I heard just like, I've got to talk to him. And then as soon as it gets a chance to talk to him, I can't say anything to you. Like, just move this storyline along. Yeah, that's please. getting on my nerves too. I'm tired of her having a moment. I'm just like, oh. just spit it out already. What the hell is it? And I do like that nobody's really kind of followed up on my two dads. He's he's off somewhere. <laughs> right. They like 
they were like, we got to put it. They put an APB out for him and then you just never saw him again. I was like, they not going to bring him in for question. Yeah. No, and nobody's talking about the fact that no. they put an APB out for him and nope. we haven't seen him since. It's like, is he ever going to show up or is he going to be like, uh, 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 what what was Jax's brother's name? Oh, Jerry Jax. Is he gonna be like Jerry Jax and just disappear? We'll never see him yeah. again. Oh, that'd oh. be great. Uh, so, quick news uh, before that, uh, and it ties back into GH's fifty fifth. Is mm. that uh, Ken Schreiner? He tweets out the uh, I, I did a live tweet on for the airing of GH on the uh, for that Friday's fifty mm-hmm. fifth anniversary, and then yep. a couple hours later, uh, he announced that this is it. Scotty Baldwin is out. Scotty Baldwin has left the building, so Ken Schreiner is no longer going to be on GH. Wow. Uh, no specific reasons given, but uh, certainly, I mean, we've seen... Well, without Laura, there's no reason for him really to be there. Well, even with Laura. I mean, Laura's with uh, John Lindstrom. He's with Kevin Collins now. Yeah, but I'm not, you know. Well, but he's also got ties to Franco, which is great. Yeah, but come on. He's, well, he's, he's one of the last ties to that old Luke and Laura storyline. You know what I mean? So there's really, like, the only reason he was there was for that. Yeah, they tied him to Franco, and yeah, they've tied him to other people, but it's that those relationships are not as strong as those other relationships were. Well, and you've got Lucy there, which would have been nice to always. I mean, that's always been, they've been in and around each other, you know. Are they going to throw Lucy up on Kevin? They already got her giving him doe eyes already, again. It's also just frustrating to see John Lindstrom anytime I see him, because I love having him on the show, and I love Kevin Collins, which is great, but... To also know that, well, we're not going to get Jeannie Francis back. Uh, so it's just it's like this kind of weird limbo. Tear, tear. That, uh, that he's going to kind of be in. And I, mean, I don't think in show they'll ever address that. But uh, it's just going to be weird. So uh, at least for right now, no more Ken Strenner on GH. Uh, you know that sad. Both him, both Jeannie have both left the shows at different periods. And they've, you know, at, you know, after some time have come back to the show. So... I don't maybe, think the doors, maybe they'll maybe they'll come back. Yeah, I don't think the doors forever closed. But I would like to right see now. them come back. That would be nice. GH is better for having both Ken and Jeannie in it. Yes, and Luke. Uh, well, uh, yeah, and of course there was a and little Anthony toss. Geary. Anthony Geary <laughs> saying, you know what? If they came through with a great storyline, yeah, it's been great. I've had some fantastic time, kind of resting, relaxing, not doing the daily grind of a of a soap opera. So uh, he goes, if I, you know, if a storyline was great or a, uh, a friend. I needed a favor. I'm more than happy to uh, come in and do something. So, I mean, the only person left is Bobby from that old regime, Bobby and Monica. That's it. Of the I, original uh, GHers. Yeah, everybody else is new. And um, Maurice. But yeah. Everybody I, else is gone. I mean, I felt like if Maurice left the show, then maybe that might be something to draw him back. Or if Bobby was going to leave the show. What would you say is your favorite GH moment in the 55 years? In the 55 years? Uh, when they destroyed that uh, J-Sam song. I hate you. Mine is uh, Felicia and um, Frisco. Anything with Felicia and Frisco, I really like. Look at that, where he's just sitting there, Jack Wagner's just crooning to her. Yes, I love those Ah. moments. (laughs) Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode of the GH Report. My goodness, time flies when we're breaking down all of the, the... the latest hijinks in Port Charles. But as always, folks, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give it a thumbs up while you're there. Thanks, everybody, for hopping in the chat. And if you want to stay in touch with us even after the show's over and learn where uh, you, too, could get fantastic Easter bunny ears, <laughs> Carla, where can they find you? You can find me at The Curvy Critic across all social media platforms. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jackie, <laughs> Folks! 
That's going to do it for this episode of the GH Report. Uh, we'll see you back here next Sunday for another episode right here on After Buzz TV. Bye. Happy Easter, everybody. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.